Hey everybody, it's Pastor Rebecca and I'm here with Jonathan Price. Hey everyone. And today we're coming at you with another podcast. And again, I want to thank everybody for listening. We have uh, lots of listeners from so many different countries and areas and that is so awesome. I praise God for that. And I encourage you, share this with other people. Share this with anybody that you think needs encouragement. Um, Please share and get the podcast out there. And uh, yeah, so let's go ahead and we're going to jump into um, something that we're going to talk about today. So uh, let's talk about war today, how you are created for war. Um, People have different roles in war and uh, you don't you don't always, you don't just have those that fight on the front lines. You have medics, you have, some people are generals and some people are more, uh, you know, more ground soldiers and things like that. Um, You have all different kinds of roles when it comes to war. You have people that strategize more and plan more of what, um, of of how to attack. Um, And you have people that are more a part of carrying that attack out. But I want you to know that when it comes to life, first of all, you have to recognize that there is a war. There is a spiritual war going on. And we've talked about this before. But, you know, everything that you can touch, like your table, you know, your just anything that you can touch, uh, that's the physical realm. But we also know that we have what's called an unseen realm or a spiritual realm that exists. And in that spiritual realm, there is a spiritual war that is going on. And uh, if we were, if we could glimpse into the spirit have a glimpse into the spiritual realm, we would be able to see this war going on. And what's interesting is I've always, you know, talking about different different roles in war, I've always grown up knowing I was a fighter, always have. I've always had a fighting spirit growing up. Um, I love, I haven't done it in a while, but I love uh, fighting. I love martial arts. I love, I'm, I'm a fighter to, to a T. Um, and I never really understood, I guess, how to use that. But I remember when I came to rejuvenate, my pastor told me, he was like, it's for a purpose. You've just got to channel it the right way. You've got to learn how to, what is that used for? And as I grew in my, in, in maturity with Christ and things like that. And as I, as I grew, I I began to understand that God meant for me to wage war, uh, in prayer and in intercession and in, you know, in, in fighting against enemy spirits and things like that. And, um, and I, but it, it was such a relief growing up because I, I, I never understood like, why do I feel like this? I mean, I feel internally like I'm just built to fight, like that's who I am. And then I remember going, I felt bad sometimes having that feeling. Um, but then I remember going to Psalm 144 and reading a verse in there and it just clicked with me. And I, I, it's, it's, I had this moment with, uh, David in the Bible, and I was like, I feel you, I feel you, you know. So Psalm 144 uh, verse 1 says, Blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. And here's the thing. When you look at wars and you look at kings that fight wars, you know, there is a time to go to war and then there is also a time to rest. You have to have both. And I think that it is smart. While we have a spiritual war going around us in the unseen realm all the time, it doesn't stop. It's every day. There are times where God wants you to be more engaged, um, you know, in whether it be like in prayer. Um, but then there are also some, some times where God is not going to call you to be as engaged in it. Um, and the Lord says ultimately that he fights for us. Uh, and, and so it says to put on the armor of God to stand 
So we are more to stand uh, in the presence of evil and, and we use prayer to advance against the enemy. Uh, but God is the ultimate one who deals with the enemy. Um, and, and it's our communication with him that, that puts things to flight, that, that gets battle going. You know, um, There's authority in your voice. And that's one thing we're going to talk about again today. Jonathan, what do you think about uh, about the uh, about spiritual war have you have you ever felt like personally I guess in your life that that as a child of God that you've been in spiritual battles and spiritual wars um I think a lot of I'd say my majority of my life I think I, I realize that now it's been in a I think a spiritual war and stuff because I've seen many times where the uh, I think the enemies tried to cancel out my purpose that's later down the road and stuff, even though when I was a, you know, just incidents that have happened throughout, almost from when I was a baby, in, in a sense, you know, and um, pretty much, yeah, I, I think spiritual war is a big thing that exists, and I think it's been present throughout my life and everything, and I think, um, I think we all battle with it, really. I think spiritual war is something that um, we all go through, because we all have a purpose, and, you know, if the enemy wants to cancel purpose, it will fight back it will kick against it'll say oh you have a purpose so i will war if you will and cancel out the purpose i think that's such a good point um that you bring up because the enemy is after our purpose you know our pastors said this before many times but and john ramirez a great guy has also said this you know we think that the devil is after our money or our marriage he's after your purpose he's after for what god built you to do and every single person on this earth is created with a purpose that God has intended them to do on the earth. And, uh, and and Satan wants to kill that. He wants to distract you from it. And he often does start when we're a child. I know, you know, I, I dealt with um, sexual abuse as a child. And, and I know that that was something that God used to try to kill my purpose and choke it out early on. But God in his faithfulness will use things, um, will use all things for the good of those who love him. And, and, uh, and so it is, you see it and you see it today, especially with you, when you look at, I look at children, you know, because the battle against the war waged against our children today is, is ridiculous. You look at the abuse, uh, the rates of abuse and neglect and, and things like trafficking. You see the enemy working through people on this earth to try to choke and kill purpose at such a young age. You can see the war. Anybody, you know, that, that has eyes can see the war. You see the division that the enemy tries to bring. We're constantly... Um, the enemy tries to divide us racially. He tries to divide us uh, man against woman, uh, families, and you see the war. So the war is very real. But I think what is interesting, too, is God has gifted people for certain roles in war. Um, uh, first of all, we, we all, if you're a child of God, you have a voice of authority. And I want to encourage, um, for a second, uh, encourage mothers so I want you to understand, you have a voice of authority to, to pray for your husband, for your children. Men, you have a voice of authority to pray for your wife, for your kids. You have a voice of authority to pray for your church, for your leaders, for things going on. Uh, you know, a lot of times we pray, we will pray, and it's not wrong to ask God for help. I mean, we need God's help, you know. we. I mean, it's not wrong to pray for that. But at the same time, I think sometimes we spend more time praying for God's help than actually taking authority. Because remember, Christ 
um, Christ's goal was uh, was to get the Holy Spirit back in us. Yes, He died for our sins, and uh, paid uh, and and paid the price for our sins and redeemed us. But then He's like, I got to get the Holy Spirit back in you guys, so that y'all can once again be what God called you to be in Genesis, which is to have dominion on the earth, be fruitful and multiply. So when He got that back, when He breathed the Holy Spirit back in us. We have the authority. And so instead of using our voice more to cry out for help all the time for God, we need to start using our voice to command things and to let the enemy know you will not have this. You will not have my family. You will not have this. You do not have access. You operate in false authority because God is above you and will always be. And the God in me is above you. And so, and, and knowing scripture, knowing that scripture says we're seated in heavenly places with Christ, that all authority is under Christ's feet. And if we're seated with him, what does that mean? That means that we have authority and dominion over the enemy. And so to walk in that every day, you know, and understanding the authority we have. So you have authority to wage war against the enemy, to, to hit him back when he hits you. But I also think that when I, because I, I was thinking about this a second ago, different roles in war. And so you have, again, you have those that are on the front lines that are more the attack, the attack part. But then you also have Medics. What do medics do? Medics heal. Okay, um, and I and, and there are people on the earth that I have seen in times of spiritual war that can bring emotional healing. You know, sometimes people that are in the thick of the battle are exhausted. They're burned out. Um, they they they're they're wounded by the enemy, whether it's emotionally or whatever. And then you have people who are called, who have a special gift from God that can bring words of healing, words of encouragement. They have a healing presence and that that can can bring that in time. And I think that's really, really cool. You know, you have uh, generals, you know, in the spiritual sense, in the spirit realm that, that have more authority in their voice to command certain things. Um, you know, in times of war, uh, you have people, you have peacemakers. God says, blessed be the peacemakers. And you're like, well, well, what in the world, how, peace and war seem so opposite. Um, but honestly, when Jesus was, uh, re when Jesus told the winds and the waves to be still, it was a rebuke. It wasn't a, like a, a peaceful, fuzzy feeling that we tend to think peace is. Jesus rebuked the winds and the waves. So you have people that also have a gift to just silence you know, when, when, when sometimes when there's war going on and it's back and forth and, and sometimes it can seem very loud and even chaotic at times, you have people that have, that have a gift in their voice to silence and rebuke and be like, stop enough, you know? Um, so it's really cool. I think about, I think about spiritual warfare and, and, and how different people can have different gifts in the, in, inside of, of the war that we face every day. Um, Jonathan, you look like you got something to share. What you want to share? Well, I, just talking about war and everything, I pulled up the Bible app and I looked just so I typed in war. And then in Luke, it brought me to Luke chapter 11, verse 23. Just one of the examples. And of course, I'd say go through and read the rest as well. But in this, in 23, it says, This is a war, and whoever is, this is Jesus saying this. This is a war, and whoever is not on my side is against me, and whoever does. And whoever does not gather the spoils with me will forever uh, be forever scattered. And so uh, it just made me think, like even Jesus himself said, it's a war. And it was, I think, the previous verses were talking about uh, Satan and his kingdom and then the kingdom of heaven and everything. So even the Bible tells us it's a war. It's just 
I guess, uh, realizing your role in that war. You know, if you were called to be a medic, don't be a general. If you were called to be a frontline soldier, don't be a medic. If you were called to be, be in the office doing the paperwork, if you will, since even in uh, militaries, there's people who behind the scenes have to do that. Do that. Don't, I guess, step step out of something that God's calling you to be in. Because even in war, it's going to be tough, you know. Wars are violent and deadly if we think of uh, human wars, but even spiritual wars can be spiritually uh, violent, if you will, just because some uh, spirits are they're tough to fight and everything. So I guess realize your purpose in that and then just stay strong in that. That's a good point. You know, I, I think, you know, sometimes we we can want to be somebody else. Sometimes we can say, man, I wish I, I preached like this person or I wish that I had this gift or that gift. But, you know, be who you're built to be. You know, I know there are some introverts out there that are just extremely shy and they're like, man, I just wish I were more extroverted. I wish I were this. I wish I were that. But God created you like that for a reason. And I know some of the some of the most powerful people I know don't say a whole lot. They, um, you know, sometimes the loudest people in the room are not necessarily the most influential and the most powerful. Sometimes it's the people that are quiet, that are still, that listen, that are the wisest people because they don't run their mouth. They only speak when the Lord tells them to speak. That's who Jesus was, you know. Jesus, you know, he did speak to the masses and stuff like that, but he also said, I only speak what my father tells me to speak. So Jesus didn't hastily run his mouth. He didn't. He he uh, was a very careful listener to his father. And um, and so I think that's a very, very good point about not about about not wishing to be someone else because you are an original and, and there's no one else on earth created like you. And so your role is important, whatever that is. I was going to say this as well. This just came to mind as well. I'll use me and Rebecca as an example. If God called me to be Rebecca, I would have been Rebecca. If God called me to be, for example, our pastor Jason, I would have been him. But I'm not. God, God called me to be Jonathan, and then God called you to be you. So be you. Don't, I guess, be what you think you should be, as in like, oh, if, for example, if person A is preaching like this, and preacher A has all this influence and stuff, and it's like, oh, I want that. If God wanted you to have that, then He would have said, He would you would have been in that situation. But so it, with God, it sometimes it's about timing as well. But um, yeah, it's I guess realize you're you, and I guess develop you. Don't I guess almost change to be like someone else. Develop you versus developing. Don't de- don't develop something you're not meant to be. If that makes sense, like. Like we were talking about, if you were meant to be a medic, develop that. Be, yes. Be the best medic you yes, can be. Yes, that's very Don't, good. Because it's better to be the best medic than you can be than be a very bad general. You know, in in a war, you wouldn't want your the you wouldn't want your best medics flying a plane because they don't know how to fly planes. They weren't trained to fly planes. So you would say your medics do what your medics are supposed to do. If if we get a modern war, you know, we don't have our helicopter pilots like manning ships because they weren't. That's not who they were built to be. They were built to be pilots. So, I guess 
play your role. Don't play someone else's role. And that's so, yeah. And, and, and piggybacking off of that, understand that your role is important. Cause like Jonathan said, you know, every role, I mean, Paul talked about this in the new Testament. He talked about the body and he said, you know, if in order for a body to be whole and complete, it has to have every single part. But you have people in the church today that go back and forth. They fight with each other because you've got somebody who is created to be an arm, but they're trying to be a leg. Mm-hmm. And the body is not whole. It's incomplete. And he's like, you know, the, the one body part can't say to the other body part, I don't need you. You know, um, the head can't say to the rest of the body, I don't need you. You know, and every and people try to pick a body part out and say it's the most important. I mean, even people say, well, the head is the most important, you know, well, the head is important, but it's really not, it really doesn't have a purpose if it's, if it's not connected to the rest of the body. So, you know, understand that who you are is important. You know, one of the biggest killer of, of purpose is comparison. That will kill your purpose when you start comparing yourself to someone else, to someone else's gifts, because you can't do that. You are an original. Every person that was created that has been on the earth, and I know this is mind-blowing, and never will be on the earth, is an original. You know, I've, I've told people this before. You can have five people that are called to preach in the room and they will all preach and teach differently because they're not created the same. They all will have a, because every, every gift has a different personality with it and a different set of gifts with it. And it's just, it's cool. And I love a God like that who loves variety. I love a God who's not boring. God is not boring. We live in a world where everybody, where, where, where society tries to push us all to be the same and to be like, but you look at God. God didn't create just one type of flower. There are, there are, I don't know how many types of flowers there are. Maybe thousands of different types of flowers, you know, different types of animals. You know, I mean, even the sunset doesn't look the same every day. The clouds don't look the same all the time. God is a God of variety. So, your understand that your role um, is important. And I think that's really good what Jonathan said. Be the best person that you can be. When you discover your gifts, develop those. So if you know that your gift is um, is to to teach, or if you know that your gift is um, is is prayer or healing or or you know, if if you are um uh, you know, and I'm not, I'm not talking just in ministry purposes, you know, if you know that you are great working with your hands and that you were built to work with your hands, whether it be carpentry, the factory, whatever you do, you become the best person with your hands as possible. And God will show you how to use that for his glory and how to impact other people and how to lead other people and, and things like that. So, so that's extremely important. You know, I mean, roles are, you know, it, it's, that's very good. What he said is understanding, you know, how important your role is and not trying to be somebody else. Uh, something that just came to mind as well. It's in society. We, I think we've idolized being other people's roles because if you, at least my, for my life, I'll use this as a great example. You know, people always say, who do you want to be when you grow up? Who do you want to be? And they'll give you a bunch of like, for, like, for example, Elon Musk, it's someone who I think is a genius. And I'm like, man, I used to say I'd love to be like Elon Musk, but then I start to you start to realize if I was supposed to be him, I would have been Elon Musk. But no, I'm not. I'm Jonathan. And so I guess remember that uh, you know, we don't fall for almost the idol of what society wants, because society will say, Ah, oh, you need to be like this, you need to be like this, you need to be like this. Just be you. Don't, I guess, fall for the idolized thing of 
uh, who I could be like, if you will, because, you know, pretty much society says, here's a choice of, you know, A, B, and C, which one do you want to be like? The correct answer should be D, yourself, but in reality, it's a lot of us focus on, you know, the only thing we can be is who society, I guess, wants us to be, the idols that have been placed there. So, going back to what she said, uh, I think what I had said as well, just be the best version of yourself. And let's talk a little bit about weapons of war. So, some of y'all are like, okay, I'm in this spiritual war. What does? What are some of my weapons? Okay, so let's go over some weapons. Weapons. Um, one weapon is the Word of God. When you look back in the um, in the New Testament, when uh, Jesus was um, tempted by Satan. Uh, Jesus defeated Satan with the word, with the written word. And what's crazy is, is Satan quoted the word as well. And, but Jesus knew the understanding. He understood the word. He lived the word. He is the word. You know, it, it says that um, in the beginning was the word. I mean, Jesus is the word of God, the word made flesh. So Jesus used the word. That's why knowing the Bible is so important. It's not a ritual. The problem is, is you got to get it out of your head that the Bible is a ritual. It's just a ritualistic thing. It's just a book. This is not just a book. It's living and breathing. The words in this book have power. You use them as a weapon against the enemy. You use them to speak life over your own life. You, you, they, there's wisdom in here. There's power in the Word of God. The Word of God is who God is. It is When it says it's God-breathed, it means that these are the words, the heart, the spirit, the breath of God in these pages. It is living which means it's active, which means when you declare the word, the Bible says it never goes out void. So your weapon is the word of God. Get in the word. You will discover things about God and yourself and and, and secrets in here um, to defeat the enemy. And when God opens your eyes to those things, I mean, there are verses in here that says, uh, Jeremiah 33, 3, it says, God says, call to me and, and I will show you great and, and hidden things that you do not know. Right there, God says, you call to me and I will show you the hidden and secret things. Things, you know, how, how many of y'all are, are just wondering, you know, things about why, you know, why does, why does this flow the way that it does or, or things in your life, things about God, things about the spirit realm. God says, call out to me. I'll show you those things. I'm not going to show you everything, but I'll reveal things to you. I mean, there's all kinds of things in the Bible that are just really, really cool and but if you don't know the word the enemy will come to you and will start to tell you things he will lie to you look in Genesis look at Eve okay Eve did not know the word and I know you're like well, what do you wait a minute yes she did no 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 because she misquoted the command you know God gave Adam and this is something we don't know. God gave Adam the command uh, not to eat from the tree, you know, of the garden. And I think Adam was supposed to communicate that to Eve. And, uh, and, and I don't know if there was a breakdown of communication or either Eve didn't listen. Could be that Eve didn't listen intently. But when Satan came to her and said, did God really say that, you know, you can't, uh, you can't eat from the tree? Or um, I can't remember exactly what he said, but she said, oh, we're not supposed to touch it. We're not even supposed to touch it or we're going to die. God never said not to touch it. He said not to eat from it. So there you see that Eve did not know the correct word of God. If she'd have known the word, she would have been like, she would have called Satan out in a minute. You, It's important to know this. This is not just a ritual. It's not just a book that you read on the shelf. This is 
life. This is weaponry for war. This right here will help you navigate purpose. It will help you defeat the enemy. It will guide you in praying for other people. It will. There are secret things here that that it's just it's it's powerful. Um, that's why it's necessary to stay in here. Prayer is a weapon. This is one thing. Prayer is so powerful, and it's not used in the church today because people think prayer again is just a ritualistic thing. Well, I have to say, I have to be on my knees with my hands folded and my eyes closed. Prayer is conversation with God. It's just communication. It's talking to God, listening to God. That's all that prayer is, but it's extremely powerful because your words have life in them. Your words have authority in them. And I and God has shown me the five years I've been at Rejuvenate how powerful prayer is because I've prayed prayers. Um, you know, I've prayed prayers of, of, of against enemy spirits, against, and I've seen God answer stuff, and I've seen God address stuff uh, through it in my prayer closet in in life that I never thought that I would see happen. Prayer works. And it's powerful, but you've got to do it and you've got to use it. And prayer keeps you connected to God. It keeps you connected with his spirit. How are you going to be spirit led if you don't ever talk to him and, and you don't ever listen to what he has to say to you? Okay. Prayer. Prayer is. And, and again, you can pray. If prayer is conversation with God, you can do it anywhere. You can do it when you are uh, walking down the road, driving in your car, sitting on the toilet. Whatever you want to do, you can pray and talk to God at any time during the day. It's it's constant communication, you know, throughout the day. God, what do you think about this? You know, God, uh, what about this? Or this is on my heart. Or I, I want to worship you and tell you that I love you. It's just constant conversation. Worship, okay? Praise. It says in the Bible that praise is a weapon. All right, that praise is a weapon. So when we praise, because here's the thing, Satan uh, wanted to be God, okay? Satan wants to be God. He, he, that's why he got kicked out of heaven, because he rejected his purpose. He was created to be the most beautiful uh, angel in heaven and to be the worship leader. But he said, I reject that purpose. I want to be God. And, and that's a whole nother sermon in and of itself of how rejecting purpose will bring destruction on your life. Um, but... Um, but when, uh, but yeah, Satan wanted, he wanted to be God and, uh, he wanted to be, he wanted to be worshiped and he wanted to, uh, he wanted to be God. And because of that, he got kicked out. Okay. And, uh, and we're created to be, we're created to be worshipers on the earth. Um, that's what we're created to be. And, and Satan hates that because he was the worship leader. He was the, he was the, the one that was supposed to, um, to, lead worship in heaven and now he can't because he's been he was kicked out of heaven and to earth he was kicked out of heaven to earth and um and now you know now we were created to worship god and he hates that he absolutely hates that but there is power in your worship you know there's power in in your praise and here's the thing when you don't you know you're always worshiping someone throughout your day you're always worshiping someone you're always um praising someone if you're not praising god you're praising someone else you know if you're not worshiping god you're worshiping the enemy so you know you have to understand and worship is not just when you when you uh lift your voice in song in praise to god when you when you, uh, you know, sing songs, because some people say that's what worship is. Worship is your lifestyle. It's how you live. It's living obedient to God. It's it's doing what God says. So um, worship is a weapon, okay? Because whenever you choose to live for God, you're rejecting the enemy. There are only two kingdoms. Some people think that there's such a thing as being passive. There's such a thing as being, um, as being passive and like, oh, well, I'm not going to serve anybody. There are two kingdoms. You're either in the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of light. 
All right, there's there's two kingdoms. And if you're not in one, you're in the other. And so by not worshiping and serving God, you're worshiping and serving the enemy. So your worship is very powerful. And because he's such a prideful, prideful enemy, when you worship God, it is like nails on a chalkboard to him. It literally, when you praise God and you uplift God and you serve God, it is like daggers to the enemy and it destroys him, you know, because he, he has a huge ego and he feeds off of that. Jonathan, you had something to add. What did you want to add? Uh, I wanted to add some scripture to that as well, just to show you all how real it is and everything. But in Psalms 1834, it says, you've trained me. Um, I, this is David, I, I think. You've trained me with the weapons of warfare worship. Now I, I'll descend into the battle with power to chase and conquer my foes. And I just, while you were speaking of that, that I was reading that and everything, and I was like, wow, it, you know, just adding some scripture, just show the truth in it and everything. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, also, weapons of warfare. Another one is the body. The uh, Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And some people are like, well, I don't have to go to church. I can stay at home and I don't have to be around the body. And that's not biblical. We need the body. You need the people because to because you are created to be a part of the body. You are created to either be a finger or a toe or a foot or an arm or an eye or an ear. And when you are separated from the body, there's a, that means that the body is incomplete and that you are incomplete. You're meant to be a part of the body. And when there's unity, there's power in unity. So when you are a part of the body of Christ and you have you surround yourself with brothers and sisters, first of all, the Bible says two, two is better than one. So, and you think about that on the battlefield, you know, do you ever see a soldier going out by himself to, to fight? Or do you see him go with a group of people? When you're with the body of Christ, you have an army with you. Um, you know, to, to fight with you, to battle with you, you know, and so, uh, it's a weapon, you know, God says wherever two or more are gathered so that I'm there with them. And so that's why praying corporately in a group is powerful because it, it, it magnifies, you know, you think about in the Bible, when he talked about the tower of Babel, you know, um, what they were trying to build a tower to heaven. They had false, they had false motives, motives that were not godly. They wanted to make a name for themselves and, and, the people tried to build a tower to heaven and God, you know, said he was like, right now they're unified and they speak one language. And because of the power of unity, they could do that. And we've got to go down and stop this. And what he did was he, he brought, he confused their languages. And that, so they were scattered throughout the earth because God understands the power in the spirit of unity. And so body, the body is a weapon. It's very important. And, and all of this, now all of this, you know, the way that all of this comes together is having a relationship with him. It all comes back to having an intimate relationship with the Lord. And um, a relationship with God is not hard. It's actually one of the easiest things that you'll do. Um, walking out, the, walking out uh, faith and things isn't always easy, but he's a loving God and he wants to, he cares about every little thing in your life. He cares about the things that you don't think he cares about. And... He wants to be your king. He wants to lead you. He wants to be your friend. He wants to be your provider. And having a relationship with the Lord is everything. He's your source. I mean, we were we were birthed out of him. We are a part of him. And, you know, uh, spending time with God, you know, and if you don't know where to start, if you're like, I don't even know where to start, um, 
you know, just start by, by speaking to him and calling out to him, you know, learn about who he is. I think, and this is, this is something that I'll talk about later, but the Lord told me, uh, a couple weeks ago that we we tend to do everything backwards in the church. We want people to receive Christ first without getting to know him. And that's backwards. In relationships, you get to know someone. That's how you build trust. Pick up a Bible. Read. You know, listen to look up some sermons and and or or, or contact or go to a church or contact some people and, and just begin to get to know Jesus and who he is. And I'll tell you some great books to start with. There's the, there are books called Praying the Names of God and Praying the Names of Jesus. Those are great books that you can look those up and uh, and read those because it it tell it literally goes through all the names of God and Jesus in the Bible and, and it explains who he is, his personality. That's um, because having a relationship with God is everything and that's where everything starts. And I will say this as well in closing that also, one thing that helps too, and this is a hard place for people, and I understand this, being under a spiritual father, um, finding someone, pastor, a spiritual leader that you submit to their authority and you submit to being mentored and taught by them. As someone who has experienced authority problems in the past because I've, I've, I've experienced authority that's been abusive, I've experienced... Um, authority that I haven't trust that I that that I've had trust issues with. I understand how hard that can be, especially if you've been abused by church leadership in the past. But um, if you pray and you seek God's face about who you can be mentored by and be under, understand first of all, there they are a person, they're a human. There's not a human on the on the earth that's not going to make a mistake and that's not going to sin. Um, so understand that. Uh, but also, um, you know, understand that, you know, God has things that, that he wants to teach you and grow you and, and under a spiritual father or a spiritual mother and, an, and a spiritual accountability. And God, um, God loves, he loves authority and he puts people in authority for a reason. And, and that's important for your spiritual growth. Um, so I, I recommend that, you know, being spiritually fathered or spiritually mothered by someone, having, having someone that you can learn from. And, uh, and I, and use wisdom because there, there are false prophets out there, you know, use wisdom about, you know, I, I just spoke to somebody, um, about a month ago that, who said they went to a church and there was somebody who wanted to be their spiritual father, but put all kinds of unbiblical demands on them. And it was almost cultish in nature and they didn't realize that until, until after the fact. And so you do have to use wisdom, you know, use wisdom when you're seeking a spiritual authority, watch their life, watch what they say. Does it line up with the word? Do they live what they preach? Um, you know, that's important. And all of these things will help you in the everyday warfare that you go through. So understand you have a role in warfare. Not everybody's role is the same. While we all have authority to speak against the enemy with, some people are engaged more for the, for the combat. Some people are engaged more in, in the strategy for the warfare and can be a voice in, hey, this is, this is where we need to go. This is what we need to do. Some people are healers. Um, you know, there's a role. Some people are, are, have, have, a, have a voice that brings peace in the middle of war. So um, there, you have a role. And uh, I, I actually want to pray with you before we go um, 
about that, that you discover what role you have in, 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 you know, kingdom warfare and that God can use you. Jonathan, did you want to add something real quick? Um, I was going to say, before you do, I was going to add something that, uh, was when Paul was writing, uh, second Corinthians 10 and I'm going to read three through six, but, um, so he says, for although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow to obedience to the anointed one. Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, we stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion as soon as you choose complete obedience. So I think right there is just another example of even just, you know, what war we are facing and everything. Like like it says uh, in Ephesians, we battle not against flesh and blood, but spirits and principalities. There's just a, almost another like, you know, this is what we're warring against, and this is what you have to, I guess, be prepared for war. And that's an important point is, remember, during the spiritual war, it is a spiritual war, which means you are battling against spirits, not against flesh and blood. Understand that people are not the enemy, spirits are the enemy. So you pray for the people, you bless the people, but you curse the spirits. You know, you curse, whether it, whether it's a spirit of anger, jealousy, manipulation, whether it's a Jezebel spirit, whatever it is, that's what you attack. So that's a very good point. Because if you spend your your time in war attacking people, you won't get very far. And you'll, you'll, get, and, you'll get further down. Honestly. And you'll, you'll ruin your influence for the kingdom. Because you're going to spend time, um, you're going to spend time fighting the very people that you're assigned to minister to and pray for, which is something our pastor talked about on Sunday. So let's pray real quick, and then we will we will end for today, and we'll come back to you with another podcast, okay? Father, I pray for everyone listening. God, I thank you for all of yes. the listeners that we have. God, all of the people that you have sent this way, Father. God, may they be uplifted and blessed, and God, may they learn about you. May they, I pray more than anything, that they would come to know you and that they would love you and that they would learn how loved they are by you because you are such a loving God, such an intimate and, yes. and, and close God. Lord, I pray, begin to speak to every person, God, um, in, that's listening to this podcast. Begin to speak, God, to them about who they are, who they been who they are created to be speak to them god uh, about um about just who the what their role is god in 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 the war because god there are different roles and, and different assignments god and i pray that you would begin to just stir in them their place that they would love who they've been created to be if they don't know their purpose god speak to them about their purpose show them their purpose god in in, in jesus name and, and just um yes. begin to teach them more yes, about jesus. you and more about themselves yes, god because that's how we learn about who we are as we know you and um lord i just i thank you god I thank you that we have authority. Give us confidence and courage in our voices, God, to speak against the enemy because he is under our feet. God, he is yes. not above us. He tries to exalt himself above you and above us, but God, he has no authority. He operates in, in a false authority, God, yes. and he is truly under our feet, and we have Amen. dominion over him, Lord. We love you, and we give you um, all of the glory and all of the praise today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Well, we will see you later with another podcast. We hope that you guys have a great uh, weekend. And yeah, we'll see you later. Thank you, guys. Bye.